0: actually have a friend who was like thinking about watching Riverdale and then she texted me like hey I hear there's boys kissing and I was like yeah and she's like okay you should have like opened with that
1: Hello, pals and gals, and welcome to another episode of XOXO Riverdale. Hi, I'm Louie Perlman. I'm Kate Batter. And we're here. We're queer. Get used to it. At least I am. How dare I presume, Kate? How dare I presume? Yeah, fine. <laughs> so uh, before we get into it, uh, other than... Um, You know, the actor who plays Moose posting, like, thirst traps for us. I know. Oh, my
0: God. You guys, check out Cody Kearsley on Instagram. It's a lot.
1: Yeah, Cody Kearsley is swole now. Yeah. Yeah, he's been training. It looks like he's training for a new role on a Netflix show. Yeah. Which makes me a little worried about his future on Riverdale.
0: Yeah, I think, like, the thing is it's possible to do both, but, like, I mean, I'll follow him wherever he goes.
1: Definitely. And he's not Riverdale series regular. Right. It's just the more that I really want to see that character, you know, have his have his time to walk in the sun, you know?
0: Yeah. I actually have a friend who was like thinking about watching Riverdale. And then she texted me like, hey, I hear there's boys kissing. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, OK, you should have like opened with that.
1: Oh, because she likes that? <laughs> That's good. I'm glad she's not like some sort of fundamentalist, you know. Who yeah, no,
0: I would not be a fundamentalist.
1: No, seriously. I was like, okay, let's 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 unpack this. Yeah. Let's let's spend all of our podcast time talking about that. Um, also, I mean, and speaking of boys kissing, this was a this was an episode with gratuitous boys kissing.
0: Yeah, sure was.
1: Yeah, I mean we could we'll talk about it. It just uh, was
0: definitely unnecessary. Any
1: other any other
0: any other Riverdale news? Um, just that article we saw in, what was it, the Times, the Robert, uh, Robert Garcia Casa article?
1: Yeah, that was a, a great article, and they were really very flattering of him. Yeah. We should go to
0: our Twitter. We'll post that article to the Twitter.
1: Yeah, we should. Everybody should read it. It was very interesting.
0: Yeah. And it,
1: it also really, I thought, um, you know, sort of celebrated his level of, of, you know, geekiness and obsession for pop culture. Right. And, you know, it's sort of like, I feel like we're all like, just like two times removed from Roberto in our level of, of like mania, you know? Yeah. When it it comes for, you know, and, and something else about the article too, is that all we can really do is decode all of his references that he inserts into every episode, whereas he has them all just sort of firsthand in his brain. Right. And it's like, I think that something about everybody that's sort of um, looking at the show from any sort of critical perspective or fan perspective, the way we look at the show, is that I think we're getting, I think we're only getting about 30 to 40% of his references per episode. Yeah, and he's he inserting a lot. Yeah, I think we're doing well, and I think we probably do better than a lot of other people that are researching the show, but it's just amazing how much he inserts per episode based on that article and sort yeah. of that look into his process for doing that. Yes. Yeah. I also love that his husband put stickers on his keyboard of comic book characters to replace letters. Yeah, And it made me want to have a husband that does that. But this isn't a Louie's Personal Gripes podcast. This is a Riverdale podcast.
0: Yep. And speaking of Riverdale, we are getting a Christmas Chilling Adventures of Sabrina episode.
1: Yeah. And that's the other thing I wanted to talk about before we get to the episode is word on the social media beat is just that apparently everybody's enjoying Sabrina more than Riverdale.
0: Yeah. People are letting me know.
1: Yeah. People are letting me know, too.
0: I've gotten several, like, private messages. Messages like, "Hey, I like Sabrina more than Riverdale." Me too.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That has also happened to me this week.
0: I don't know what you want me to do about it. Someone (gasps) I've like only spoken to like in passing like Facebook messaged me and then went on for like a while about it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you know, you know, it's like I'm happy that people like it more. I think the shows are very different in the way they're structured. I think it's actually quite similar to saying. I really like Key and Peele more than SNL. It's, yeah. like, it's like, well, they're written completely differently and they're re- they're different animals, you know?
0: They're different networks, like, so they have different standards. Like there's, it's apples and oranges.
1: Yeah, and, and it is it is cool that they're set in the same universe. You know, that's very cool. Although something I want to say, and this is me being an Uber geek, is that in the first episode of Chilling Adventures, Sabrina uses an Archie's lunchbox and thermos.
0: Yes, I saw that.
1: Which really screws up the rules of the world.
0: Yeah. Also, it seemed like for the first like four episodes, like it was in the 60s. And then suddenly Harvey used a cell phone and I was like, wait a minute.
1: Oh, I never thought it was in the 60s. I always thought that it was set in sort of a a timeless world where they, there's 60s elements You know, uh, but I didn't think it was set in the flat-out 60s ever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, but I do like uh, how she has a Beatles poster in her room. Yeah. You know, the Beatles were really into Alistair Crowley, who was, uh, like, he was, like, a dark magic practitioner. so. Mm -hmm. So, to me, it all makes sense. Maybe the Beatles were witches. That'd be nice. Yeah. Definitely Ringo was. Oh, yeah. (laughs) anyway bit of a tangent but yeah um and if anybody wants to at us on twitter or on facebook and wants to come in and maybe do a guest episode with us where we where we deal with all of sabrina maybe in one fell swoop maybe that would be a manageable thing for us to do so definitely reach out to us uh especially those fans who want to argue that sabrina is better you know yeah. Then Riverdale. Although I mean, I really do. I'm loving. I, I'm loving Sabrina. But I mean, it's like, all, I love all my children equally. You know. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, season three, episode five, the Great Escape.
0: Yes, which is we've spoken about before. A Steve McQueen movie about escaping from a German POW camp. in World
1: yeah, War II. yeah, one of the more well-known uh, references for an episode title, actually. Yeah, definitely. So here we are in act one. The first thing I want to say act one is like Jughead's gone from being a cynic to just fucking loving that game.
0: Oh, he's got like crazy eyes playing it.
1: Yeah. Okay. So overall, not a big fan of Cole Sprouse's acting choices in this episode. No. So it's either going to go one of two ways. Either this is a moment where the character is, not being written properly or Cole or not Cole Jughead the character is playing pretend and is taking it to the to the level of mania that he thinks he needs to do to attract the gargoyle King yeah which he ends up doing which is what I hope it is. I hope he was doing this all in order to draw out the gargoyle King.
0: yeah, I would hope so.
1: And, and I mean, and we're going to have a bigger conversation at the end of this episode about levels of reality here. Yeah. Right. Uh, which is going to yeah. tie into my little rant that I had about levels of reality after the I'm weird episode of season one. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. So, and then, and then, um, you know, the, at the very beginning, we get this motif that Jughead narrating the game, being the game master, the Gar- Griffins and Gargoyles game master, is going to be narrating the elements of, you know, the plot devices of the show, mm-hmm. and it it made me. I thought this was very very smart as it went on, and I I ended up enjoying it. But at the beginning, it made me miss his normal narration. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And then. uh <laughs> we get into um, Sort of this is the beginning We plant the seed of the idea that Is the the entire Town living in a big Role playing game
0: Right well right before that we do see Archie and Joaquin Plan their escape
1: Oh yes 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 This was the escape attempt Archie and Joaquin start planning their <laughs> escape Right um,
0: So like If you're innocent just wait I know that this is like that's easy to say but like breaking out of jail is just going to be you on the run the rest of your life
1: don't you think that the reason why uh Archie wanted to escape is Archie was worried about this fight club issue continuing he didn't want to keep fighting
0: for sure but it's also a bad decision
1: oh yeah it's it's definitely it's definitely a dire decision but like The fight club aspect to the prison stuff is the only way to make the prison stuff work and to get Mm -hmm. done with it, to finish it up. Or else it's the only thing that would drive Archie to want to escape instead of just like serving his time and waiting. You know what I mean? Because remember, Archie's the one who put himself there in the first place. Right. Yeah, Archie did that at the beginning all of five episodes ago. Yeah, which feels like an eon ago, quite frankly. Yeah. Um. All right, cool, cool. And then we have um. <laughs> Betty, like, not. I, I just, I just think this, I thought this was pretty funny. Like, Betty gave like two shits about like the role playing game stuff going yeah. on. Yeah. Betty was like, "Yeah, but there's real things happening right now, Jughead, right. that we need well, to deal with."
0: Yeah, we find that um. It only exists in Riverdale, and it's called Eldervare. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: but it's not a reference to anything that we no, figured out. No,
0: it's an anagram of Riverdale.
1: Oh, that's right. It's a Riverdale anagram. That's right. It reminds me of, um, have you ever seen Troll 2? No. Well, everybody should see Troll 2 because it's very good. Very good film. <laughs> and the town that Troll 2 is set in is called Nilbog. And it's an anagram for goblin. Great, but it's never explained. All the all the villains in the movie are goblins, and it's never explained why the movie is called Troll Two. It's great.
0: Yeah, it's just goblin backwards.
1: Yep, Nilbog. Yeah, it's goblin backwards. Anyway, um, then we have uh, another delightful Hiram Veronica scene. Yeah, Hiram's just, just trying to push try. Veronica's <laughs> buttons.
0: Yeah, I just wrote it down so I remember it happened, but there was like nothing interesting in it.
1: Well, I mean, it's just that, like, it's just. Uh, I, I agree that it it wasn't particularly interesting, but like, I do want to note that like, when this show descends into like, ah, uh, like so proper cattiness, it very much is almost always the Lodge family. Yeah, you know what I mean, and and they're they're uh, they're like we just get like a little. Scene of them, like, yelling at each other. You know? Yeah. Um, and then... Um,
0: Next is Archie being tied down to the bed.
1: Yes, Archie is tied down to the bed. So this is, you know, uh, Riverdale kinky scene. Yeah. <laughs> kinky Riverdale. Uh, that's right. He gets tied down. And he gets branded...
0: Yeah,
1: boom I loved all that. That was uh, unnecessarily sexy in a kind of completely creepy way. Yeah, I wouldn't call that sexy. <laughs> yeah, I uh, yeah, I mean I, I didn't I don't know. I didn't like I didn't find it sexy, but I found it kind of like maybe intentionally like cartoon sexy. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. Um
0: I'll allow it.
1: All right, that's fine. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that. Um oh my god and then we had a a killer killer uh reference to a fake thing.
0: Oh, the Mirageo?
1: Yeah, that was just mm, mwah. Yeah, love that.
0: It's <laughs> home that's based on the Bellagio which
1: and is the, Mirage. And and the, the Mirage.
0: And the Mirage, well, Vegas yeah. casinos. the Bellagio is what was robbed in Ocean's 11. But...
1: That's right. And the Mirage is a casino where I was hit on by a man in his 70s when I was in my 20s, and I was at a blackjack machine.
0: Well, congrats.
1: Yeah, he was in town for a McDonald's convention.
0: Wow.
1: I did not tap that.
0: Oh, wow. That was uh, strong-willed of you.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really had to talk myself down from that one. Yeah. Oh, my God. Anyway. Um, <laughs> uh. We learn so much about each other on XOXO Riverdale.
0: We really do. Uh, Jughead's using a typewriter now.
1: Well, it's the typewriter that Betty gave him.
0: Oh, right. I forgot about that.
1: Hey, aren't you glad I'm here to remind you?
0: Yeah. I mean, this day and age, I mean, we've all seen Love Actually. I hope he's, like, scanning and backing up what he's writing.
1: I hope so, too. Because he could get into a situation where his manuscript blows away, and then he ends up marrying, like, a lovely, lovely... Portuguese woman, yeah, uh, totally. Um, uh, I I also just want to say, you know, we have this character Elio, who is sort of this gangster kid. Yeah, we've, we've seen him before, right?
0: Yeah, we have. He's just not interesting.
1: No, he's not. Do you think he's named after the boy and Call Me by Your Name?
0: Oh, I was gonna say the frozen pizzas.
1: Oh, Elio frozen pizzas. That's probably more likely. Yes. Let's go with that. He's named after the frozen pizzas. Good. Um, Excellent. And then we have this whole William Tell scene. Right. Why? Which doesn't really make any sense.
0: No. Yeah. My question is why? He's like, you can only be the (laughs) game master
1: if you have an arrow pointed at your head.
0: Yeah. It's so dumb and weird.
1: It was very strange. I mean, any excuse to see Cheryl shoot a bow and arrow? For sure. But really. Yeah. Um, then act okay. So that was sort of that was Act One, right? Uh, wasn't a huge fan of pretty much anything that happened in Act One. Then in Act Two, Elio invites Ronnie to Fight Club, mm-hmm. and then we have this whole theory that um, you know a longer and deeper game of of Griffins and Gargoyles is being played. Right. That's sort of this, like big like plot point here. Yeah. And love- like, Griffins and Gargoyles, it's sort of becoming a uh, deus ex machina in that it can sort of just, in ca- anything can be a game of Griffins and Gargoyles. Right. You know, like this podcast could be a deeper game of Griffins and Gargoyles.
0: Oh, is it? Maybe.
1: Maybe it has been the whole time, Kate. We don't know. Yeah, maybe we're pawns in a larger podcast scheme
0: yeah we're the paladin
1: yeah <laughs> well we'll get to that um
0: <laughs> Wait, scene with kevin and josie and sierra and zaddy
1: <laughs> is his official name just zaddy now
0: in my notebook i wrote k and josie and sierra and zaddy
1: yeah totally and zaddy um yeah so you know i like that we have this scene where they're trying to pry and figure out what's going on. Uh-huh. And I, I really enjoy if we bring Kevin and Josie into the plot a little more and have them maybe being secondary kind of detective-like characters in the show.
0: Yeah, we're not getting a lot of them this, uh...
1: Exactly, and they're just fun character. like, they're fun characters when they're making active choices with them, you know?
0: Right, yeah.
1: So, yeah, I like it. And I kind of like it more than Josie band drama. Yeah. You know, just because they never handled that very well. Right. And then Ronnie has a great line at the Fight Club.
0: Is it, I'd recognize those abs anywhere? Yes. <laughs> That's exactly what I have written.
1: written I mean, ads. I loved that. That was just a killer Riverdale line.
0: Wow. I should say, oh, we should mention in that Roberto Aguirre-Sacasa article, we learned that someone, we don't know who called him and asked if they could keep their shirt on for a scene.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) And I was like, yeah, I get that.
1: Roberto said yes. Yeah. So he's nice to the boys that he objectifies every episode. Yeah. I know. It's, uh, you know what it reminded me of a little bit? It reminded me of that Chris, you know, um, Chris Evans. Chris Evans,
0: yeah, he, he got out of
1: the shirtless part of his contract and it kind of reminded me and like, you know, I think most of the actors on the show, I'd watch them even if they weren't shirtless every other episode. Like I think they're all good actors. Yeah. And I love them for more than their bodies. Yes. I love them for their beautiful brains.
0: Sure, they're beautiful brains that they show off through their character.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: Um, I noticed the music in the scene is very yeah. after-school special.
1: Totally. Yeah, I, I, I think the score this whole season's been good. I think it's it's had sort of a sleazy 80s permutation, like which I think is related to what you're saying about the after-school special music. It's like kind of that slightly low-budget library music that makes yeah. everything feel a little off. Like it's the way it made those after-school specials feel a little off and creepy, right. you know? Yeah, here's a question. Do you think they'd let Veronica in? Into? The Fight Club? If she weren't Monica Potter or whatever? Oh, yeah, Monica. Yeah, Monica Banks. I mean, I guess that's why. Oh, no, 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 no. This is what I'm asking. How did she get back to meet up with Archie?
0: Oh, yeah, back into the locker room? Yeah. Yeah, no idea.
1: Yeah, Monica Posh. That's her name. Gosh. Veronica Posh, good, good Veronica Yeah, um, I don't buy it I don't buy it
0: No, yeah
1: Um, And, you know, then we have Like, needed Riverdale Sex scene right? Which was really tarnished for me By the fact that I just don't believe That she'd be there And yeah. I also don't necessarily Oh, I guess they're horny teenagers I guess if they hadn't seen each other In a while, I guess they'd fool around
0: Yeah, I guess
1: Yeah and then um, we have another scene with all of all these characters who are smart, able-bodied characters, being very into griffins and gargoyles. Yeah, like I just don't necessarily believe that, like Cheryl and Tony, who are such smart cookies, and even Sweet Pea and the other one, Fang. Um, yeah, thanks. That's right, Thanks. It would be that into Griffins and Gargoyles, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, fine, fine. Uh, Sierra and Tom are getting married.
1: Yes, great. That's lovely. I hope that they, we see them through to their wedding. Yeah. That'd be a nice ending for them instead of one of them getting offed or something in a yeah, Riverdale nice, fashion. Yeah. yeah, that could totally happen.
0: Uh, um did we find out the characters asked their parents about Griffin the gargoyles.
1: Yes. And yes. Reggie got punched. Yeah, Reggie's dad hit him. Not nice.
0: No. Nope.
1: Yeah, uh but also happy that Reggie's more in this like delving into this with them. Yeah. I like Reggie as an ally, you know? Yeah. Um, it's just more in line with, like, his portrayal in the comics. Like, he's an asshole, but he's not such an asshole that they can't be friends with him. You know what I mean?
0: Sure, yeah.
1: Yeah. Anyway, um, then uh, we have, like, Jughead's, like, obsessed with the game. hmm Totally obsessed with the game. And <sighs> Betty, I don't think Betty's a very good partner in this episode.
0: But no. But like, yeah, okay,
1: Juggy, I'm taking your bike. <laughs>
0: like, yeah.
1: You know, like I'd be more concerned about my partner, you know yeah yeah. Um, then um we have like shades of we're getting worried that the warden is going to kill Archie
0: right well because he's having like a last supper deal
1: yeah with Archie which is like, oh geez like like the warden could get away with with like a kid in a juvenile detention center being killed. Yeah. Like, I guess so. Um, Yeah. And then... um,
0: Archie and Joaquin.
1: uh, Archie and Joaquin. We have the scene with Archie and Joaquin. Oh, but before that, before that, there is a reference to the mines of Shadow Lake. Oh. And that's cool, because that ties in with Sabrina. Right. Right. So that's fun. Um, You know, I like that they were clearly writing these seasons concurrently and they just peppered in the fact that it's just geographically the same world Mm -hmm. without Archie having to deal with any magic stuff, you know, which I'm enjoying. Yeah. Um, Oh, and then the warden, like, he's like, the only one who will judge me is the great Lord. Like, yeah. So he's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, and somehow he's clearly been the warden for a long time. I feel like someone who's functioning at that level of crazy would not have been the warden for as long as he's been the warden. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's it's a little bit of a stretch because he's just so cuckoo. Yeah. Um, and then, um, and then we have the scenes that start flipping back and forth between the role playing game and the Fight Club. Right. And that's very very cool. But l- let's talk about this now. So do we think they're setting something up where somehow the role-playing game is influencing what's happening in the real world of the show? There's some sort of, like, tether? I guess I, that would make it kind of magical, which we are we are not into. Here but, at XOXO Riverdale, it's a company policy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think that, it like, what happens in the game kind of overflows as they get really invested in it. Like, because people are dying because of what's happening in the game. But I don't know how much, like, what they make up then comes true.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, what's the push and pull here? Yeah. And I, I think that's something they're going to have to deal with really carefully because that... I talked about this. My roommate and I watched this show this week, and he he really wants to guest on the podcast. By the way, yeah, sorry, he's, super, he's super into Riverdale now, which is really lovely. Yeah, and he feels like either this could be a really really great storytelling leap for them, mm-hmm. or it could be a jump the shark moment if it's handled sloppily. And I agree with that. Yeah, like if this is just explained away it's not cool, but if this is explained and it really delves into this mythos in a really grandiose way, that's very cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, cool. So then we get Joaquin kissing and stabbing Archie.
0: Yeah. They didn't need to kiss.
1: No, they did not. And it made no sense to me.
0: No, why did he do that?
1: Like, did he do it to distract Archie?
0: I think.
1: I mean, did he do it just because he wanted to? Because who wouldn't want to kiss Archie? Right. Like, you know, I, of course, I'm, I'd love to kiss Archie.
0: Right. I mean, we all would.
1: Exactly. But I mean, yeah, I mean, Joaquin is still sort of, Joaquin's a bit of a catch-all character. He's sort of written in any way they want to write him.
0: Yeah, I just don't like. You know what I mean
1: by that? Like,
0: yeah, this like gay predator, basically.
1: Gay predator, but like he, we feel bad for him sometimes. He definitely has some depth. We sympathize with him. There's a lot of a lot of other characters care about Joaquin.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I wouldn't say that he's 100% a gay character all the time. Yeah. But I would say that he's like he has his predatory moments that don't feel like they integrate with the rest of who he is. Yeah. But you know, but yeah, he was threatened by the warden or whatever, so he had to stab Arch. Uh-huh. Which sucks, he shibbed him. Yep. And then we sort of get the idea that maybe... Oh, this is something... This is a reference my roommate Marty found that uh, is great, is that Archie getting stabbed before going out to fight mm-hmm. is the same plot as the movie Gladiator. Okay, and uh, Joaquin has the same name as Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, yeah. So that's all kind of fun and probably inten- somewhat intentional. You know? Yeah, maybe. So that's kind of fun. Yeah. Anyway, um, and then we sort of get the idea that the warden might be a game master in himself. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting. And then Jughead calls his troop of players. Mm-hmm. He calls them dream warriors. Yeah. And I like that thing, isn't it? Well, yeah, it's the it's the title of Nightmare on Elm Street 3: The Dream Warriors. And it's also the title of the song that the Fredhead sang in the last episode. Right, Dream Warriors. Right. Um so I like that Riverdale's recontextualizing that term as being beyond a Nightmare on Elm Street reference. I like mm-hmm. that a lot. Yeah. And they're using it in the show. And it's also Dream Warriors is by far the best Elm Street sequel. So it's great that they like it as much as I do.
0: Sure. Yeah.
1: Uh, All right. Moving on. Rock four.
0: Veronica wears heels to a jailbreak.
1: Yes, in typical Veronica fashion, but she doesn't wear a boob window for once in her life.
0: Yeah, no boob window. Monica Norton.
1: Yeah, Monica Norton, yeah. Then we also get the return of Mad Dog. Yeah. Who (laughs) I love.
0: And, like, the thing is, the way it was set up, it made me think, though, like, when Joaquin stabbed Archie, that that's what happened to Mad Dog, that someone stabbed Mad Dog, but he seems fine.
1: Yeah, Mad Dog's been off the board for a while. Yeah. Um, but we don't really know what happened to him. It seems like he's just trapped in the system. Yeah. And and then we had, you know, this escape montage. and. Yeah score for it. Like a great sleazy synth score.
0: Yeah. Talking about the Mirage and the Bellagio and Ocean's Eleven, it really played out that way where things happened that were explained after the fact.
1: Like, uh, yeah.
0: And then like at the end, it like wraps it all up.
1: Yeah. There were twists. Yeah. yeah.
0: Also like that is another Soderbergh movie called Logan Lucky. That's very good. And on Amazon prime, if you guys haven't watched it,
1: I'll watch it then. Cause <laughs> I heard it wasn't good. I've watched it like four times. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. I'll watch it because I was very interested in it when it came out and it just came and went.
0: Yeah, it's exactly like Steven Soderbergh makes good heist movies and it's like exactly that.
1: Okay, sweet. So everybody that listens to XOXO Riverdale, watch Logan Lucky. It's, it's this fun. Is a, this is a Logan Lucky fan podcast now. Yeah. 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 Okay, cool. Um. Awesome. Um, And then Joaquin encounters Kevin. Yeah. In the bush. Yeah. And Kevin, of course, wants to go after him because Kevin is lo- in love with Joaquin. Kevin's too good for this. Ke- yeah, Kevin should stick with Moose. Yeah. We love Moose. Um, but Joaquin says, I have a different gang now. And mm-hmm. Kevin says, who? And Joaquin doesn't reveal. And I wonder if it's the farm. Yeah, or the ghoulies. I really hope it's not the ghoulies. Yeah. Yeah, God forbid. Uh, I'd be more cool with it being the farm. Yeah. Than being the ghoulies. Yeah,
0: that's certainly more interesting.
1: Yeah, I do agree it would be more interesting. Or it needs to be the Sinyasins. That's the other choice. Yeah. And then you have a Wild Wild Country crossover. Yes. My favorite. Okay, cool. Um, Hiram's at the fucking fight, of yeah. course. Yep, yeah. yep. Ronnie slaps Hiram. Yeah, he deserves it. He super deserves it. Mad Dog sacrifices himself for Archie to escape.
0: Yeah, which is very kind and makes me think Mad Dog is no longer like in prison.
1: Oh, that's interesting. Mad Dog's been released and he's still like, fight Ma- clubbing Ma- it anyway.
0: Yeah, Mad Dog was just like, yeah, you get out. Like, he had no- nothing in it for himself.
1: I hope that we learn more about Mad Dog's motivations and Mad Dog isn't just dare i say a african american male character sacrificing himself for a white a white uh per, you know a white portraying yeah. character you yeah. know what i mean yeah 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 because it could be that but i think the show's smarter than that yeah i think that but this show i didn't like how the show handled chuck clayton in season 1 so we'll see true totally okay act 5 we have a great <laughs> motorcycle chase great motorcycle chase Betty's super badass in this stuff in this scene, yeah. which is great. Um, and then um, I just want to say, before we get to the big reveal, Archie's been stabbed. Yeah. And then he crawls through poop. I know. Like, like there's no way that stab wound isn't infected.
0: Catching.
1: And are they going to deal with that? Absolutely not. No. But, like... Oh my God, poor Archie. Like, open stab wound, poop time. Bad, bad situation. Yeah. And then the warden calls Archie the red paladin. Yes. So, either... We have this reveal. We passed the reveal. Oh, the reveal. Oh, yes. And it was... Well, we already kind of addressed it. Yeah, there's Kevin on the bike. It was Kevin on the bike the whole time. Archie was lying in the car. That Veronica and Reggie and Ricky, yeah. drove away. That's all super cool. I liked yeah. all that a lot. That was really really fun. That was fun. Um. So then he calls him the Red Paladin, and like, this is either a brilliant moment or, as I said before, it's gonna be it's gonna cause a huge problem for the show. Right. Yeah how, how do you feel how do you feel about this
0: Um it sets up that there was already a red paladin in the game and he's applying that to Archie mm, mhm as opposed to him parallels starting a red paladin along with Jughead
1: mhm mhm Cool cool I love it Yeah yeah we'll see we'll see like uh, like right now, I think we're justifying for the show, mm-hmm. and that's fine. That's like us being fans and having a fan theory because this was just revealed. Yeah. But now they need to do their due diligence and tell us what's going on yeah. over the course of the next few episodes. Right. Yeah. All right. Cool. So
0: Archie's in the bunker. Archie bunker. <laughs>
1: And Kate wins the episode. Thank you, <laughs> thank you.
0: Came up yeah. with
1: her oh my God! You got a thousand comedy points for that.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Uh, great. Yeah. And um. And then Ronnie, I liked this. Ronnie was like, "We need to be watching him. You need to get him cleaned up. You know, we'll take shifts." And yeah. I, I I love Ronnie in this capacity.
0: I want to say there's a line that the only people who know about the bunker are in it right now, which means they forgot about not only Ethel, but that kid they found under the cot. Like, there's other people who know about this bunker that are not in the bunker.
1: Absolutely. Yes. Um, And that may cu- that may bite them in the ass.
0: Yeah. Or they just forgot about it and wrote that line.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We're the only ones that know about this bunker. Yeah. And then, and then the kids make a pact that's very similar to the parents' pact. We right. can't tell anybody about this ever. Right. Yeah. Um,
0: I wrote. Oh, they noticed that the brand on Archie looks like one from Griffins
1: and Gargoyles. Yeah. So definitely, we're getting some real connections here.
0: Yeah, and I wrote here that I thought maybe the warden was the gargoyle king, and then the next thing I wrote was nope. Yeah, totally.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I I kind of think that the Gargoyle King might be multiple people. Okay. And that maybe the Gargoyle King dressing up as the Gargoyle King and manipulating the the, the game that is being played in the town might yeah. be a level of ascension. Okay. And maybe so the Warden was one of the Gargoyle Kings.
0: The only reason I hope that's not true is that there t- turned out to be multiple Black Hoods. And I'd hate for there to be multiple Black Hoods and then multiple Gargoyle gar- girl- Kings. Well,
1: I don't know if there were really multiple Black Hoods. Uh, not that I want to talk too much about Season 2, because uh, barf. but yeah. <laughs> But I feel like uh, you know, really, what happened was Hal was manipulating the whole time, and the only other Black Hood was Spenson for a very brief amount of time when Spenson was being threatened of being killed. You know what I mean?
0: Tallboy is the one that shot Fred.
1: Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Completely. Yeah. That's right because that season was so messy. Yeah. It's oh god. Okay, let's let's move on. But yeah, I, I I'm I'm happy to say that I. I'm wrong about this. And yeah, maybe there should only be one gargoyle king.
0: Yeah. And then Jughead sees him.
1: Jughead sees him. So one of two things is going to happen here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Next episode, either Jughead's going to be like, okay, so I'm officially crazy and I'm going to like run up to the gargoyle king and worship him or whatever bullshit.
0: Right. He or Jughead's going to
1: like fucking body check that gargoyle king and take him the fuck down. And yeah. be like, oh, yeah, it turned out you're fucking Weatherby or whoever. You know what I mean?
0: Because yeah, he does bow down to him.
1: Yeah, totally. So it's one or the other here. And I hope that it's the latter and not the former. Yeah. 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 And that's the episode. So overall, not my favorite episode of this season. No, but I think it was better than a couple. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I my opinion about it is that it traded in a lot of really interesting ideas and it brought a lot to the table mm-hmm. that could be very fun to play with if explored properly.
0: Yeah. I mean, it got shit done. Like we got Archie out of prison.
1: That is a good point because I mean, we couldn't have stood that plot line for another moment. or much longer. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, it got Archie out of prison and it introduced this, huge concept that griffins and gargoyles somehow influences the reality of, of the world. Right. So we'll see, we'll see how this all goes, but I don't mind Riverdale getting high concept as long as the writers have planned everything out properly. Yeah. And I think that they can totally do it as long as they're not pulling a season two where they didn't know who the black hood was when they started writing the season.
0: Yeah. I hope they have this better laid out.
1: Me too. And on that note, Powerless crush list. Who's on your power list?
0: I don't feel good about my power list. I just wrote names.
1: Oh, I feel good on about my power list.
0: Okay, why don't you go first? Okay,
1: number one, Ronnie, okay. the great orchestrator for pretty okay. much everything that happens in the episode. Number two, Warden Norton,
0: mm-hmm.
1: who you know was trying his hardest to control the narrative. Number three, Mad Dog. Okay. Right, Mad Dog had such a pivotal yeah. moment in this. Yeah. Number four, Jughead, uh-huh. because whatever Jughead's doing—if he's gone crazy or not—he's still very much, he's still very powerful in this episode. Right. Number five, last but not least, Joaquin. Okay. Joaquin, who stabs Archie and sets the narrative in motion, and still clearly has a piece of Kevin's heart. Yeah. Who yeah, do you I, have?
0: Uh, I didn't have uh, Mad Dog or Joaquin on mine, but. Mm-hmm. I- I put Jughead up top because he's still orchestrating a lot. Sure. Then Veronica, then Warden Norton, then Betty who was instrumental in that getaway. Definitely,
1: and drove that motorcycle and Not was great the motorcycle,
0: at motorcycle but ruined the Warden's car too.
1: That's a good point. Yes, yeah, and absolutely.
0: Got, and got Archie unlocked.
1: Oh, that's right. Betty's really good at picking locks. Yeah. I love her.
0: And that. then Archie and then Hiram.
1: Yes, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, I wouldn't put Archie in because he didn't really seem the master of his own destiny for any of this. Yeah. But, you know, but I get it. I get it. <laughs> Who's on your crush list?
0: I have Cabinet number one this week.
1: Yeah, he was looking good.
0: And then Veronica and then Cheryl.
1: That's totally cool. I have number one, Reggie. I loved the way they dressed him as that, like, gangster character. Okay. Yeah, I thought he looked great. Number two is Josie. I thought her outfits were really cool this week. Yeah, I think she's channeling a bit of a Janelle Monae vibe this season, and I'm 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 here for it. Yes. And number three for me was Sweet Pea.
0: Okay, she's I so almost, cute. I almost put Sweet Pea on mine. Yeah,
1: we love Sweet Pea.
0: Sweet Pea was good
1: this episode. So that is the uh, episode. What's next? What's the next episode called? I didn't look it up. Manhunter. Oh, cool. Manhunter, which is... 1986. It's, it's like an ex- exploitation film, I think.
0: Yeah, it's the cat-mouse and mouse game between a serial killer, a cannibal, and a journalist. Great! It's named Hannibal Lecter, but spelled differently.
1: Oh, perfect. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. This is the original... That's right. This is the first adaptation of Silence of the Lambs. Okay. Yes, this that was is- a early adaptation of it.
0: Because I saw Hannibal Lecter, L-E-C-K-T-E-R, and I was like, huh.
1: (laughs) And they're like, no one will know. No, this was officially, this was an official adaptation, but it was, it's, yeah, it's a different version of the story.
0: All right, let me see if this has an air date yet, because I don't think it's this week. I think we have this week off. I have no idea when it comes back.
1: No idea when it comes back. Okay, we'll figure it out. Yeah, but regardless, everybody, thank you for listening. We got some great feedback on the last episode, which was very nice. Yeah. Um, so please, you know, you can tweet at us at XOXORiverPod. You can find us on Facebook. Uh, yeah, um, you can find us on Instagram at XOXORiverPod as well. And, you know, uh, thank you to our uh, theme songwriter, Louis Aronowitz. Yes. And thank you to our new editor, TBD. We'll see who it is. Might be me for this episode, but I really hope not because I actually have too many other things to do. (laughs)
0: Long-term thank you to Alicia Camden who has moved on to bigger and better things. And Alicia Camden...
1: Just she rocks so hard. Yeah. And she she was so fun to work with on this. I know. She's a big Riverdale geek, as you guys know, because you listen to the episode where she guested. Yeah. And, and she just was always like so nice to work with and did a really good job with the episodes. Yes. So yeah, I mean, definitely two thumbs up from me for Alicia Camden.
0: Yeah, make that four thumbs up.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like if you ever need anybody to do any cool um you know, editing projects, any sort of audio stuff, you know, we highly recommend Alicia.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: and best of luck to all of her future endeavors doing social media for some sort of website or some, you know, a typical millennial job. Yeah. Okay, cool. (gasps) All right, this has been XOXO Riverdale. I'm Louie Perlman. I'm Kate Batter. And pals and gals, we'll catch you at Pops for a malted.